Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. In the fall each year we all congregate The mouth all gathered at the church of Pilgrim The scriptures reading from the book of months in Our favorite verse, my God, a freshman Drunk and obnoxious, what Georgia face Ain't nothing finer in the lane Now the 3,000 of our best friends It's Saturday and last thing Welcome to the Saturday in Athens podcast. I'm your host, Herschel Gurley, joined as always by my co-host, Boss Dog. We are a Georgia Bulldogs show by dogs fans for dogs fans. Boss, a bit of an emergency episode today. We had every intention of doing a normal episode with a Saturday in Athens six-pack and doing our kind of normal roundabout, but some not great news was confirmed across multiple airwaves this morning. If you are a dogs fan, you obviously are aware that George Pickens tore his ACL and um, unless some type of miracle happens that we don't know about, is going to miss the 2021 football season. So let me just start this by saying I can't think of two better people to talk with you about this than your boy HG and your man boss, because I am an eternal optimist when it comes to all things dogs. <laughs> and I'm going to spend the next half hour or so talking boss off the ledge, <laughs> which seems to be in line, which seems to be in line with most of dog nation. So on that note, boss, I'm just going to let you have the floor to let me have your thoughts. First off, uh, we want to uh, wish George a speedy recovery. And that that's first and foremost, you, you hate to see that happen to anyone, especially, you know, someone of his talent, but you don't want to see that to happen to anyone. That's first and foremost. And then secondly, we're not going to see him in red and black again. That, that's as a fan. That's what my first thought was. Wasn't anything, you know, first want him to get healthy. Second was we're not going to get the pleasure of seeing him on the field again. We're not going to see him in red and black. We're not going to see him in Sanford again. I mean, that just sucks. There's really no other way to put it. I, I know a lot of people are, you know, the season's over. We're not, we have no shots at the playoffs. I, I don't think that at all. I, I'm very still optimistic with the season coming up. You know, George is a very important part. I'm not downplaying that whatsoever, but I am not as my normal pessimistic self when it comes to that aspect of it. Hold up, more hold, up. Hold, hold up, y'all. I'm driving and- Hold up, y'all. I, I'm driving. I almost wrecked my car. Boss's optimism has got me all messed up right now. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> but I, I, I texted you this earlier. You know, of the people that we could afford to lose, I thought that he was the third most important person on the team. So meaning that he was the, of, of the people that we could not afford to lose, he was third on that list behind JT and Jordan Davis. With that being said, this is the deepest team on offense 
that we have ever had in my fandom, ever. I have never seen an offense this deep in skill positions, ever. And same thing on the offensive line. I've never seen it this deep. So, granted, he is the most talented wide receiver on the team. He is the best wide receiver on the team. I would even go as far as to say outside of JT Daniels, he's probably the best offensive player on the, on, on the team. With that being said, not one player is going to pick up his production. It's going to have to be a multitude of players. But there's enough talent there that can, with a grouping, do that. They're not going to be one player that's going to do it. It's going to have to be a grouping that does it. I, I don't think we're going to miss the production. I think we're going to miss his presence on the field. We're going to miss the double teams. I mean, you notice the two games that he missed, our offense kind of, I mean, it wanes. There's no other way to put it because the field wasn't open up to the other receivers because they, everybody was able to single up. There was no double team. George wasn't able to take the double team away. That's where we're going to miss his presence more unless someone else emerges as a true number one, which there is enough talent there for someone to do that. So that's my, my positive spin on this. So don't wreck your car. I mean, I'm just going to tell y'all I'm, I'm almost speechless. I don't know what to say right now. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love it. I love it. This just tells me that my ridiculous positivity over our, you know, like almost 30 year friendship. It's, it's finally making a dent, homie. (laughs) I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to like, Pull my shoulder out of socket, pat myself on the back, but I'm gonna take this as a big win. Okay, this is a big win. All right. So first off, 100% agree with you. Um, first thought I had when I saw the news was, you're just gutted for George, right? Yeah. Because junior year gonna be a bag year. I mean, it'll be a bag year for him anyways, most likely because he's just such an elite talent. But you just had to figure he had the opportunity to have a monster year. And I think Devontae Smith has shown what you can do with a monster year at the wide receiver position. You can put yourself in the conversation for and possibly win a Heisman and then put yourself in the conversation to be a top three to top five pick in the draft. I mean, homie, that's life changing money. So that part of it, that always guts me the most because as a fan of the program and a fan of the team, which what I'm always hopeful for is that these guys propel themselves to reach their goals and to reach their dreams. So that made me sad. And I, you know, like I, I think I texted you that, that screenshot from his IG story that just said bye. And I think that's reminiscent of your point just makes you sad. Cause it's the last time as a fan, we're going to see him in the uniform at Sanford, any of those things. And as a fan, that stinks, man. Cause he's electric. I, I would say, I don't think it's really arguable that he is the most electric receiver they've had since AJ Green. I mean, I, is that debatable or is that just something that we're right no. now? It's fact. I think that's just fact, that's right? Fact. And we really only got to see that in a normal season for one year, right? His freshman year. And that was probably when his talent was the rawest. The other thing that really struck me was there were some pictures released either yesterday or the day before of him at practice and dude, he looked jacked like physically. He looked as imposing as I've seen him and dude, maybe it was just the angle of the picture, but with his build and body type, 
you have to figure with a normal off season and get him rolling in that bunk and offense with his body built by coach Sinclair and the strength conditioning program. Ooh, tell you what, brother, I just, I, I had expectations that he was going to have a transcendent year and I could not agree with you more. I am way less worried about replacing his catches or his touchdowns or whatever. Look, man, that roster is thick with receiving talent, okay? So I'm not worried about that. But there's a difference between having receiving talent and having a guy that every single defensive coordinator and defensive staff that you play against has to sit down and dedicate time to game plan for. And that's what he was. And so you just can't write that off as, oh, it won't be that big of a deal. Homie, it's a big deal, okay? That, that piece of it is a big deal and something that, you know, they're just not going to have. They're not going to have this, you know, transcendent game breaker, I think you could say. At least not that we know about right now, right? I mean, maybe somebody turns into that, and I think there's certainly some talent on the roster for that. But he was a known commodity, and you take that off the board. And maybe that's nowhere more important than game one against Clemson, right? Because that's the game where you're going to go to your known commodity the most and where the defensive staff is going to have to game plan for that. So that'll be interesting. I think the rest of the year, we would all agree, they could probably win every game on the schedule without George. But I think we would have said that regardless, right? Schedule is just not thick after Clemson. So really that loss comes for Clemson and for the SEC championship game and in the playoffs, right? So, dude, it's a monster loss. I don't think there's any, any way to get around that. Um, and I, I think you're just nail on the head, man. It's, it's more about what he brings from a game-planning perspective from the opposition than it is from replacing numbers. Because, man, they, they got plenty of guys, okay? Plenty of guys are going to replace numbers. Dom's going to be healthy and come back, hopefully. Marcus is going to be healthy and come back, hopefully. You get a full year of Arian Smith and that game change in field change in vertical speed. So lots of reasons to be optimistic. And, oh, let's not forget Darnell Washington, who is an absolute freak of nature, right? So th- there are guys on the roster to replace the production with. I don't think you're concerned about that, and I'm not concerned about that. But it, he's a loss, a, 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 a irreplaceable loss, in my opinion, because you just can't argue that they're not a different – team with him on the field so there's that piece of it I am interested in this what do you think about the piece about him being like a safety blanket right so being a guy where if I'm playing the quarterback position and I feel like I'm in trouble or something of that nature hey man I'll just throw it in George's direction because I feel like he'll go make a play do you think there's something to that? Do you think that's overblown? Do you think one of the other guys can become that? Like, can Jermaine become that for JT? Or, or where, do, where do you sit on that? Well, I think part of that is, is because George is a very different type of receiver because he's not a burner. He's more of your, not to use a basketball term, but he's kind of like your, your big-bodied, your, your box-out type guy. And he... So in that sense, he is a safety blanket. And that's another thing we're going to miss is because now we don't have that type of receiver unless, I mean, we have Darnell Washington, but we don't have a receiver that fits that mold. Darnell is a tight end. So I think in that aspect, he is a safety blanket. I don't think in the regards to the deep ball as much that, and JT loves the deep ball. Let's not pretend he doesn't. 
I don't think that he's the safety point in that because JT's going to chuck it down the field regardless. Um, I don't think he really pinpoints who that's going to until the play develops. But as far as I need a third and seven, I'm going to have George run, you know, a curl and I can throw that high and he's going to go get it. I think that that is a safety point. I think that the only person on the roster who can fit that mold right now is Darnell because of his height. I'm not saying we don't have someone who can fit that mold. And then really the only, you know, the person who fits the body style is Justin Robinson. But we just don't know what we have with him because, you know, he, I'm not sure if he registered or not, but I don't remember if he got in over four games. Um, I think he did redshirt though. You know, redshirt freshman, you know, extremely talented, played in, you know, the same level that um, that Brock did. He very well could be that type of player. I mean, he's definitely going to get more playing time now that, I, I mean, I texted you this earlier. I think he's next now next man up behind um, Marcus in that in that spot. So he may be in the spring ball. He may be the guy at that spot. So he's going to get a lot of chances. One of my thoughts when I saw it was I, I don't know that we'll ever understand what what the loss means from what the what the offense would have looked like. And I'll tell you why I think that. I thought at the tail end of the season, Coach Munkin was doing a lot to move George around, whereas for the first year and a half of his Georgia career, we had seen him essentially be on the outside at the X or the Z strictly, right? And they weren't really motioning him a lot or trying to get him in positions in the slot where he could work in the middle of the field and things like that. And I thought, what happened when they did that was they created some mismatches for him that were just really advantageous. I can't remember if it was, I think it was the Cincinnati game. If I'm remembering right, I think it was the peach bowl. I don't think it was uh, the Mizzou game. I think it was the peach bowl. They had him in the slot and that's when he ran the post where he was wide open and scored the touchdown. Am I right about that? Was that the Cincy game? I'm pretty sure. And that was a pure, that was a pure matchup thing, right? They're just using their physical specimen and putting him in a good place schematically. So I was really, really interested to see how they would utilize that from a scheme perspective in year two of the Munkin offense with a full offseason. And I, I just thought they were going to create a lot of dynamic opportunities for him. So we just won't know now, right? Like maybe I'm totally off base about that and that wasn't going to happen, but that's just something we'll never know. So that, that's one thing. Yeah, I, the, the body style is a great point. If you go and look at the roster, you know, Kiaris is coming back six feet tall. Dom's coming back six feet tall. Demetrius is coming back six feet tall. Um, Arian's coming back six feet tall. Uh, Jermaine's coming back six feet tall. So, like, you got a lot of guys that are the same body profile, and I think the game with them is shiftiness and speed. And to your point, George is the guy where, hey, if I throw it within his area code, yeah, you know, he, he's kind of the area code receiver. If I put him in the area code, he's going to he's gonna catch it type thing. And I, I think to your point, Darnell's the most obvious replacement for that, that role. But, dude, he's coming off a seven-catch season where he played as a true freshman. So how big will his jump be in year two? Hopefully it's massive, right? We just don't know. Um, and I think that's going to be the same issue with Justin Robinson is w- what's he going to be? Uh, as a as a redshirt freshman who logged no snaps and played at a smaller high school level, so the gap was probably a little big for him. The jump was probably big for him. 
Because don't you remember last spring or when he was getting recruited before everything hit with COVID, a lot of the talk was that he could possibly be the one most ready to make an impact as a freshman because of A, his size, and B, his aptitude to pick things up. And I think what you ended up seeing was, I don't. I think the speed of the game, and I, look, I don't know this, I'm just talking, right? But it seems like the speed of the game was probably a little bit too much for him making that jump from where he was in high school to being a true freshman at the University of Georgia in the SEC. So, you I'm know. I'm sure he went to Eagles Christian Landing, which is a 1A yeah. school, if I'm correct. Yeah. And, and I remember he 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 was an early enrollee, and they, the, all the talk was um, before COVID hit, before, I mean, obviously there's no spring ball last year, and how quickly he was picking everything up and how great he looked. But then um, COVID hit, obviously, and then there was no spring ball, and then you know, he didn't get those reps. So, and obviously yep. you don't get those reps and then you get into fall camp. And I mean, everybody knows what happened in fall camp. You know, the main focus was the quarterbacks because Newman opted out and everything like that. They didn't have a whole lot of time to, you know, we had to go with what the known commodities were at Whiteout at that point. So there wasn't a whole lot of time to work in through freshmen. So I, I, I think that this off season is, is going to be big. I think it was going to be big for him either way. Let's be honest. He was going to get a lot of rest because of Marcus's injury and Marcus coming back. I mean, I think I read a couple of weeks ago that Marcus and Dom are st- are still running. They're running now, but they're just running straight lines. They're not cutting yet. So, yep. but the fact they're running is great. Yep. So, I mean, he was going to get a lot of you know reps in, in the spring anyway to really kind of showcase himself. So, I, I think that that's huge for me now with George being hurt. I really think I, if he's not one, he's definitely two at that at that position. Marcus is the most interesting one for me, and I'll tell you why. Uh, when we were in Jacksonville, the game that he got hurt, I thought he had a presence about him on the field. Um, dynamic body type. I thought he moved really well. And he, what struck me was he looked comfortable. You know the point where you kind of have a freshman that's kind of swimming a little bit and you can just kind of see it, that they're processing it and then doing it. And then when guys really get it, they're just doing, right? They're not, they're not processing then do it. They've kind of picked up on everything. And he seemed like there had been a light bulb moment for him at some point, and he was ready sending. And so you just wonder how much the transition period back, right? Like you can't miss that much time. And Dom's the one I'm, I'm interested in from that perspective too because, dude, he'll have missed almost two full years if he comes back. I mean, he'll be similar to the story we heard from Aaron when Aaron was in high school, right? So yeah. that's a long time to not have game action, game reps, and, and see all those things. So I think those are all things to track. I think the two really big X factors are going to be the continued development of Arian Smith and the continued development of Darnell Washington. And I think it's because of what they can present to the offense. I mean, I don't know about you, man, but I, I don't know that I've ever been excited about the game-breaking potential of a Georgia offensive player well, I can't say that because I felt that way about Todd. But, dude, Arian Smith, if you are not, like, leaping out of your seat excited about what that kid could possibly do, I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, he is an electric factor. Like, the possibilities of him and what we saw in the short run that he got, I mean, you talk about taking the top off of defense, brother. I mean, that, that's what he is. And when's the last time we had that? Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I just think, too, they could get really creative with him and do some stuff in the screen game or, you know, do some stuff with him, maybe 
in a quasi option game or whatever. Right. Like, I just think there's a lot of possibility with him. I mean, he is a weapon. So I'm excited about that. And then dude, Darnell, like he's a mute. So I am just jacked up to see what they end up doing with him. I think he's got to be a guy that it's just, Hey, look, we're going to throw to him at least five times. That's just in the game plan. And if he doesn't see it five times, somebody should get fired because who's going to guard him? <laughs> like, who is going to defend him? I just – I don't see it, man. He is just a mismatch all over the field. So, yeah, I, I am I'm, – I'm obviously disappointed and sad, but the reasons I'm sad really have less to do with Georgia's 2021 football season and more to do with what it means for George, right? Like, man, I hope it doesn't impact him at all, but you got to think it's going to impact a little bit, right? Like, is he going to be able to run at the combine full speed? That's almost a year out, right? That's what they had yeah. pro day last week. So we're looking at a year for him to run at the combine. And I think we've talked ad nauseum on this show about what an ACL is from a real recovery. I know what they say recovery is, but then I think there's a real recovery period. And is he going to be there for proper evaluation? So, I mean, luckily he's got a lot of great tape to tell people to lean on, but it just kind of stinks. Right. I I'll be interested to see where, where he falls in that hat. I mean, I had texted you this earlier. Is there was there a better returning receiver in the country than him? Not that I can think of. I, I couldn't either, man. I was I was sitting there going, is there a guy I'd be more excited to see play wide receiver this year who I would be more scared of as a defensive coordinator than George? Maybe the maybe the kid from Alabama, Mechie? Mechie? Did I say that right? Yeah, Mechie. Yeah. Maybe him. I mean, dude, heck of a ball player, right? So I think maybe those guys are in the same conversation. But, I, again, I think George is primed to have a pretty transcendent year. So it's a, it's a monster gap, right? The other thing, and tell me if I'm way off base on this, that I don't think he gets requisite credit for, dude, he's a physical presence on the boundary, blocking, right? Like, I think he was a weapon in the run game that never really got talked about a lot. And so – do you got to replace that too? Like it's not like he's just just catching passes. So I don't know, man. I, well, I mean, Georgia Georgia gets a bad rap because you know they always say you know that's how we get recruited against. Us. You don't want to go to Georgia because all you're going to be asked to do is block. But you're asked to do that at the next level. You, know, yeah. you want to see that on film. You know, wide receivers don't just go run routes and catch passes. Even I mean, slot receivers block in the NFL. So and he was I mean because of his size, he was great at. It. Yeah, so this brings up, I guess, a bit of a tangential question, and that's I had seen somebody tweet today. No, maybe it was maybe it was Brandon Boykin. I can't remember. I saw it on Twitter or I saw it on Instagram. Somebody talking about, you know, is spring practice stupid because of this, right? Because there's an injury, and I don't know how I feel about it. I think I'm fifty-fifty on it. Like I think the reps are invaluable, right? I mean, I, I just think the more opportunities you're giving young kids to play and get some get some repetitions in the system, I think that's a good thing. I think in all sport, there's always going to be a risk of injury, regardless of when it's happening. And by all accounts, tell me if I'm wrong, but this was non-contact, right? Like almost like a freak thing. It's like most ACL injuries. Most ACL injuries are non-contact now. Yeah. So I mean, this could have happened if they were doing mat drills, right? Like I, I just I always. 
that that's always the first thing people bring up when it comes to some type of non-game injury. It's it's like when somebody gets injured in the preseason of the NFL. And they're like, well, why are we playing preseason NFL games? It's like, well, because there's a benefit to it, right? Like there's a benefit to evaluating the talent and letting some guys get some familiarity with the system. So I don't know, man. That's I think spring is valuable for development perspective and you know, guys are going to get injured. It just kind of is what it is. I, this isn't one of those things where I'm like, we should stop having spring practice. I, dude, I think it's a good thing. So, yeah. Maybe the players feel differently about that. I have no idea. But, like, when I was playing baseball in college, we had fall practice, and then we played a spring season. And, dude, fall is where we developed. Because in the spring, man, all you're doing is getting ready to play. Like, there's no development really happening then because you don't have time to work on stuff. Like, you got to be game ready. Whereas the fall was when we used it to work on our swing or work on defensive mechanics or whatever, right. Or get stronger, all those type things. So I don't know, man, I, I think there's value to the spring season and I don't think there's any reason to not do that because we're scared somebody's going to get injured. What's the alternative? Just not have it. <laughs> like guys are hanging out. I don't know. People are going to get hurt. We just have to, I mean, it's, it's part of the game. Everyone gets hurt. Every team has injuries. I mean, look at Waddle last year. You know, yeah. I mean, he got hurt on a kickoff. You know, I mean, look at Zeus a couple of years ago. He tore his ACL um, on punt team. It, it happens. It's part of the game. It's just, it is what it is. Well, so when, when all the, you know, all the pessimists on Georgia social media came out today about season being over, we can't win the national championship without George. My first thought was, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Alabama just won a national championship without Jalen Waddle. So uh, I think if you had asked most Bama fans what that was going to do to their chances, they probably would have been less than optimistic. But, like, it's one guy, right? Like, yes, it's a gigantic loss. But if you've built the roster like Kirby has been planning to build, and I think this year is going to be the most evident of that, you got to be deep enough to, to take those kind of hits. Like, you're going to have guys that are out for injuries or for whatever it may be. I mean, what, George missed two games last year? He didn't play the Florida game. He missed the Kentucky game, too. Yeah, and the Kentucky game. That's right. So, you know, you got to be ready for that. You got to have the depth to accommodate that. And I feel like more so than any time in in my history as a Georgia fan, dude, they're equipped. I mean, they got plenty, plenty, plenty of depth. While we're on the offensive – kind of scheme of things i do want to ask you about kirby coming out and just saying jt's the starter that hit you any sort of way or did that not really come across your radar i think if he didn't the fan base would revolt would have had whoever revolt on his hands i mean i mean let's be honest he would have been like there's an open competition this year what would have happened not that he would care but I mean, could you imagine what the what the backlash from the fan base would have been? Well, I, I, I mean, found I found it interesting just from a evolution of head coach Kirby Paul Smart perspective. Because I, probably two years ago, I bet you he wouldn't have said that, right? Oh no, he definitely wouldn't have said it. So he definitely wouldn't. I think now he's just like whatever. He's the best. He's going to be our guy. And we're just going to come out and say that. And I think that's a good thing. He is the guy. (laughs) 
he what surprised me more wasn't that he came out and said that he named JT the starter. You know, that's great. But what surprised me more was that he heaped so much praise on how far the quarterbacks are at this point compared yeah. to last year. Yeah. That was more surprising to me because he is not one to heap praise on the quarterbacks. Really no. ever. Yeah. That's a really good point. And that kind of perked my ears up a little bit too when he came. I mean, dude, he made a pretty, I thought, verbose statement for him about how far along the quarterbacks are and how far along the offense was. And like, look, maybe he's just pumping their tires to pump their tires. I don't know, but that doesn't, that doesn't really seem like him. But I think that's one of those things where if you know how he is, to hear him say something like that as a fan, you, you kind of got to get a little fired up about that, right? Because, like, yeah. I just don't feel like he blows smoke on things like that. Like, he's obviously seeing something going, these boys are ready. Like, we're, we're about to do something here. And, man, as a follower of the program, I'm all I'm jacked up about that. Like, that's fantastic. And look, man, they should be far along. They are loaded. Loaded. Yeah, I mean, I everyone's back. I mean, the only, the only thing we're, the only thing that we are shuffling around right now. I mean, obviously now with George's injury, but the only thing going into the spring that we're shuffling around it is the offensive line. Yeah, everything else is pretty. But much even set. that, man. Even that, I'm not like, oh god, the line. I'm so nervous about the line. Like, dude, they got a lot of talent there too. Like, I, I, I literally, I've said this so many times when we talk about this, but of all the things I worry about with the Georgia football program, the offensive line is never one of them. <laughs> I always just assume since Kirby's taken over that the O-line going to be just fine. Like between coach Pittman and coach Luke, I feel real good about the, uh, all the, all the horses that are in the barn when it comes to the offensive line. So they're going to be all right. It's amazing how far it's come in five years, huh? It really is, dude. It really is. And I'm I'm here for it. I love it. I mean, if if you're gonna hang your hat on one thing, let it be the boys up front. So I'm okay with that. But yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of what I want to talk about, homie. I just felt like that, that is that is the spring news story. There will not be anything bigger than that on the Georgia football uh, news docket for spring oh, let's 2021. Not go there could be one story that's bigger. Let's knock on wood on that. Uh, well, I'm not, I, don't, I don't even want to manifest the possibility of that idea. I, I'm not even letting that broach my brain space, okay? <laughs> it's all – it's positive vibes only, homie. Like, we are, we are manifesting as many good vibes for the Georgia football program as possible. I will not let any negativity seep in. I refuse. Refuse. Well, there, there's my there's there's my pessimism coming in. So you go with the positive. I'll I'll stick on my you know no. half for now. You're like you're like <laughs> a brand new boy now, homie. You're positive boss. I don't even know who you are anymore. I didn't know who you are. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, we will uh we'll get back to our regularly scheduled programming next week. But hopefully, it's all. All positive things and all things to get fired up for. And what, we're now three three weeks out from G-Day? Yep, three weeks. Yeah, which is great. So, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about that next week. And we'll talk we'll, we'll talk about Pro Day and all that stuff next week. There's a lot of cool things to talk about from that and the start of spring practice. 
and we'll let the uh we'll let this dissipate a little bit and then we'll we'll talk about all the good things and get it right back on the hype train how's that sound sounds great you know your boy's the conductor of the hype train so i'm i'm well equipped for for that role yep (laughs) let's go back to sunshine and rainbows that's right that's that's my lane i'm happy to live in that lane (laughs) all right brother we'll go dogs sick them go dogs george is better now of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends friday may 10th see home club for details